and welcome back to Bengali Girl. This is your podcast host Nikita and I'm so grateful that you're here. Before we begin with the podcast episode and everything that follows, I have to give you guys a few updates. Now, this is beyond my imagination. I did not expect these numbers. I got an email saying that we are nearing almost 650 downloads on our episodes for this podcast Bengali girl which is again beyond my imagination. When I started this, I thought a few people like me, my husband and a few friends that I would force, you know, download this episode. Um but again we are still ranking in the top 250 podcasts in the UAE so i'm really glad where i grew up they're still supporting me so that's great um and i'm mumbling right now cuz i have had a cup of coffee and i am caffeine sensitive so a lot of my words might seem too much but excuse me because i am very excited that i've finally got some time to record an episode out and just voice my op- i believe the only way and the only right way to make a comeback is with the second episode for wanna be booth fm um and that's because that is not only one of the most popular episode downloads that i've noticed but also a lot of my friends um highly requested this so i think this is for them because not only have they supported me in you know listening giving me feedback but they are really excited to be part of this podcast as well so this is for you guys so thank you so much to my friends and people who are listening for downloading again i know i'm being too cheesy by saying thanks too much but i think it's it's just my comeback guys okay all right that means you need to now grab some tea grab some snacks or some popcorn or just tune in when you're driving hopefully not on a lonely road <laughs> but um this is going to be quite an extensive episode because i'm not going to only talk about my stories i'm also going to talk about some of the research i did when you know trying to understand why this is happening or what this is happening um people who know me know that i'm very sensitive to energy um so if you are not a believer of such like you know energy or manifestation and stuff like that i would say please don't listen <laughs> you probably cringe um but if you are and if you're interested to learn more um stay tuned i guess now let's begin from the childhood and as i mentioned in the previous episode i was uh, protected a lot from these energies from these stories as a child because my parents my relatives my siblings they didn't want to scare me uh and they didn't want me to live in fear um because these were some of the places that we were living in um so if i was scared i would make their lives hell and i would make them you know cry every night or make you know eventually make them move which is why i think they didn't tell me a lot of those um stories uh, but as i grew up i think they realized that yeah i can tell nikita also we moved away from those places so i think it was safe to talk about them without the worry of you know anyone listening in um The first time I spoke to anyone about my experience was my mom 
and it was after I moved to Australia. So I'm talking about 2018 or 2019. I was a student at the University of Wollongong and staying with a family in Wollongong itself. Um, and in my room, there wasn't much, right? So there was a bed, a table and attached wardrobe. So basic student amenities, right? And um, what happened was it was during the day I was all by myself the family that I was living with like the parents were working and the daughter was working as well so they were not at home I was just in my bed trying to take a nap I was reading a book to help me fall asleep when I felt the space near my feet sink it felt like someone had just sat down and instantly my senses were like heightened because I did not hear anyone enter the room and also I was aware that no one was home and the door of my room was locked of you know the house was locked um, and that's when I remembered my maternal grandma speaking to my mom when they thought I was asleep as a child that if you ever feel a presence listen to your gut so if it feels like you should avoid it then avoid it at all costs. But if you feel like there's a friendly presence, you can do whatever you want. Like you can talk and you can share. But for some reason, that presence that I felt near my feet that day did not feel good. I ignored it and I kept on reading my book. But around like two minutes had passed when I was getting worried about what was happening because I could still feel that uh, space being sunk near my feet and so what I did was I very calmly took my phone because you know my grandma's words were coming into my mind so I took my phone and I just called my mom um, on whatsapp I told her on that call that I feel like someone is sitting near my feet and she told me to recite Ayatul Kursi and the three cool surahs and to clap three times loudly but she warned me to do it very calmly like not to seem too bothered you know with this presence um, and to like act like this is something that I do um, now talking about it now it still makes me tensed so back then I told her to stay on the phone while I recite and I did all that while I was still in that same position that I was in when I was reading my book because I felt like I couldn't move um, and I have anxiety and I get my panic attacks and everything but it didn't feel anything like that it surely felt like someone was sitting near my feet so once I finished I could still feel that presence but you know my mom reassured me that it's okay and after a while I think it was 10-15 minutes because I was just on the phone with her talking to her about like everything else like how my classes were um, who my friends are and stuff like that after a while I felt it leave uh, because the space in the bed came up where it sunk first of all what freaked me out was how calm my mom was as if this was something that you know she did on the regular and the second was this was something that directly happened to me and not like something that i heard or experienced happening to someone else like you know in the past episode i was talking about the experience that i had with my sister so it was surreal 
and uh, definitely something that made me a lot more curious about these type of energies jeans boots and all of that now people who live in australia know about picton and the picton tunnel and for those who don't know it is a town southwest of sydney and is considered australia's most haunted town there were ghost tours from the late 90s till 2011 when it was shut down due to like council restrictions the picton tunnel or the actual name of it is the red bank range tunnel is around 592 feet in length and is carved into the hills of the picton region trains to and from melbourne went through this tunnel um, it's considered haunted because of the high number of suicides and deaths which took place on that train line so witnesses have reportedly seen lights gusts of winds and shadows there are also rumors of the ghost of a girl who had been assaulted and murdered but she's seen rarely um, and the ghost of a girl who hung herself at the entrance of the tunnel now a group of my friends and i decided one night to go and explore um, to find that tunnel on Google Maps is hard because they usually take you to the mushroom tunnel, which is a glow, you know, it glows in the dark and stuff, but not to the Red Bank Range Tunnel. I'm not sure why or if that is true, but when we tried to find it on Google Maps back then, we couldn't. But we still went to Picton because if it is haunted, you know, if it's a haunted town, then of course there will be things that we could experience. So because we couldn't find the tunnel, what we did is we went to the Picton graveyard. Now, it does not matter if it is a haunted town or a normal town. If you go to a graveyard, you would obviously be spooked. So my friends and I, we tried to put on a brave face and we got out of the car. We walked around and interestingly, there was a small playground area near the graveyard, which was weird. The playground had swings and merry-go-round and I don't remember if it had anything else. And all of us, you know, were joking around, trying to scare each other by saying, hey, we saw something move, you know, on or we could hear something and blah 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 but then we eventually left i think after 10 15 minutes because there wasn't anything that we experienced there and we were driving around a bit defeated because we couldn't find the tunnel we couldn't like really see anything for ourselves you know um, and it was a trip it was a late night trip um so when we were driving around we found this hotel that looked abandoned um, we didn't know the history of this hotel because it didn't come up on our quick 30 second Google search on Picton. But we were like, okay, we can park our car here because the hotel was opposite of a vet hospital. Uh, so we stopped there to look at it. Um, the name of the hotel was Imperial. Now, as I said, I am sensitive to energy where I can sense people's moods or the atmosphere of a room, you know, if it's tense or people are relaxed, etc. I can sense that. But when it comes to like superstitious stuff or even paranormal stuff, I am also sensitive to feeling those presents. Maybe I made myself this way or it just comes with the family DNA. But this is what I feel. But have also been told by hoojurs and psychics that, yep, you are sensitive. 
So as we approached the stairs of this hotel, I felt this weird energy. First of all, I suddenly felt cold, even though I had warm clothes on since it was in the middle of winter, I sensed like a change in temperature at the stairs. So um, the stairs leading up to the hotel. So that's where I felt like this weird energy. Um, I quickly told my friends that, you know, they can go ahead if they want, but I don't feel good about this place. So two or three of my friends went in and the rest stayed with me because we all were shit scared. Um, as they were exploring, I kept checking my surroundings since I felt uneasy. So I looked up at the second floor of the hotel and I saw a shadow and a curtain move. So my grandma's voice immediately came in my head like I need to act like I didn't see it because my gut told me that it might not be friendly. So I did tell a few of my friends that I saw this and, you know, we tried to look up and see if we could notice anything else, but we didn't really see anything after. So my friends, when they came back from um, exploring the hotel, I don't think they went that far. Um, they also reportedly felt cold in the hotel compared to when they were outside and this was in the middle of winter so it was like june or july so all of us got spooked out um and we left and when we came back home i tried looking up that hotel and tr you know sorry turns out it was haunted and one of the sightings reported was people witnessing movement in the windows curtains moving and stuff like that i think these experiences were a one-off situation which is definitely what i prefer as long as you know these energies don't attach to me or i don't bring it home but let me talk about an experience that really shook me and it still feels like it was out of a movie it was in Bangladesh when I was visiting for my summer holidays. So I was in Dhaka living at my Borokhala's place, my aunt's place uh, in the cantonment area. My maternal grandma had lost movement in her legs, but she was just unwell due to the strong medications. So she also came to visit my aunt's house to have some checkups done at the CMH. Now my Borokhala's place had three bedrooms. And because, you know, we were like so many cousins, my grandma, um, during that time, my Borokhala and my mom decided to go to Kumilla to sort out some of the issues of their family home there. So my other aunt, my Chotokhala, came to stay with us. So it was me, my sister, my cousin brother, my Chotokhala and my grandma in the house. My aunt and I, um, so my Chorokala and I were sleeping in one room and my sister, cousin and grandma were in the other room. And that night is definitely a night that I don't remember clearly because it was so murky. Um, and you'll hear why. Uh, because there were so many people experiencing the same thing, we were able to piece together the incidents that happened or transpired but let's go with my pov from the beginning and then we'll talk about what we know now we had all gone to sleep in our respective rooms so my chorokhala and i in one room my cousin sister and my grandma in the other room around 2 a.m ish 
I was suddenly woken up by my sister who came rushing into the room to grab me. And that's when I realized that my aunt was not in the room and I was just sleeping alone. Um, my sister was very scared and she kept screaming my name to wake me up. She literally carried me to the other room where everyone was because I was still waking up. Um, and as I mentioned earlier that, you know, they always try to protect me from all of this because I was the youngest in the fam as well. Um, but they all seemed scared and I saw my grandma sitting upright on the bed with a shawl wrapped around her head like Mathe Ghumta Dawa and she was receiving citing something um, my aunt was sitting beside her and my sister and cousin were telling me to just go back to sleep um, but I could sense that they were scared because my sister was literally trying to like pat me back to sleep <laughs> but suddenly my sister and my cousin screamed together while looking at the door and I turned and I saw nothing there and that's when my grandma started pointing at something in front of her and my aunt was just trying to calm her down. My sister and cousin were close to me um, and they were kind of like in front of my face, like just covering my eyes in a way or like trying to shield me from whatever was happening. So let's speak about what happened. All of us were asleep, right? Uh, when my grandma suddenly woke up and she grabbed her shawl and she started reciting Surah Yasin. My grandma was a religious-minded person, but we all know that the Yasin Surah is a lengthy one and we knew as a family, like none of us had it memorized because definitely it gives you bragging rights, right? But my grandma didn't um, know it by heart but she was reciting it as if she learned it all in a minute or so. Uh, my sister and my cousin were woken up by this and they were scared to see her awake and sat upright on the bed all by herself because my grandma needed assistance for movement. So what my cousin did is he went and he woke my Chorukala up and made sure not to wake me up. Uh, my aunt then came to the room and she was also taken aback by my grandma. My grandma's voice just sounded scared and she kept looking up to an empty void in front of her as if someone was standing there. And my sister got worried about me in the other room because I was alone. So she quickly ran to grab me. And so once she brought me to the room and made me lie down beside her, my grandma started pointing at something again in front of her. And in the middle of her recitation of the surah, she's like, not now. Ekonna. That's what she kept saying. And then she went back to reciting and then she would stop and she would say like leave and stuff like that. My sister and my cousin then screamed at the bedroom door, which was open to the living area. Um, and you could see the living area from the bedroom um, because they saw a black cat just walk past the door frame. And we don't have cats. Um, and our neighbors don't have cats. Um, we all know and we're told by superstitious people that black cats are ominous for various reasons. And I think that's what scared them. But it was so fast and they both noticed it together. Uh, however, when I looked within like, 
I didn't see anything. So my Chorukala then got up and she went to check if a cat had just, you know, come in from the window or like were the windows open, but there was nothing of that sort. So nothing was open. All the windows were closed shut because we would turn the AC on. So everything had to be shut to like get the cool air in the room more and stuff like typical Bengali household things. And yeah, that like i don't remember much because as i said i was already sleepy i was awake like you know because my sister woke me up and i remember being scared and then my sister just held me and we all tried to like go back to sleep because my aunt was like it's okay let her just do it and, you know um will it'll be fine there's nothing wrong she's reciting a surah so there's literally nothing that could harm us because She's doing it for the well-being of us. And that was kind of like a shantona for us. And we're like, okay, fine, we can go back to sleep. The following days, as a typical Bengali family you know, goes, we did not speak about what happened till my grandma insisted to have our family hujur come over. Um, to say family is a bit... Is not right because this hujur was only someone that my grandma relied on heavily you know when it comes to anything superstitious and you know jeans and stuff so she insisted to have that hujur come over although he didn't want to say what was the reason or what happened but he gave us a set of plates with dua written on it with some sort of jam-like consistency and we were told that every day we're supposed to melt that jam with a bit of water and feed it to our grandma <laughs> and i know it sounds ridiculous but anyone who's had any experience with you know all this would know how these are just normal stuff. And as a family, thinking about it, we were also divided on this. Um, some of us didn't believe in this these things, um, especially like what's what's a jam doa got to do with it, you know? So these are the few things that, you know, the kids, including my mom and I, like the cousins and my mom and I, and some did not um, believe. However, some did, um, but we all knew regardless of our opinions that our grandma was an avid believer of pretty everything pretty much everything that the hujur said and you know i don't know how much that set of plates with dua written on it with some sort of jam like consistency helped because my grandma unfortunately slipped into coma a few weeks after the incident and passed away um and there is nothing that we could do. I don't think those set of plates could save her. However, that's the kind of blind belief that people have in these things. And you can't really say anything, you know, to your elders, I suppose. But talking about all this, you have to also acknowledge the fact that black magic is so prevalent in our society let it be bangladesh india pakistan you know south asian or southeast asian countries black magic is so prominent 
that and it was so normalized i remember in kumila there was this channel where you could call the person up and tell him what movie you want to watch so he would play the movie for you and he would run these ads of course to sustain his business right so he would run these ads where they would be like oh you want this person to fall in love with you so use this soap or like you can use the sugar to like let people or have people listen to what you want and stuff like that you know um it was just so normalized and that as a kid i didn't understand that it was black magic um but now growing up you know you realize or based on my research you realize that doing these things or involving yourself with black magic comes at a cost we as a family know of this woman who does a black magic on pretty much everyone and anyone she wants to freely because uh she's a sad of a person <laughs> uh who would rather take away everyone else's happiness and still stay upset and sad so as a you know growing up my mom would be like whenever we go to her house she would tell us not to eat at her place or even to drink water at her place because you never know what's happening um and unfortunately how we found out that she's doing black magic is the person that she went to do or like request the you know the black magic to be done on our family that person called us up <laughs> for exchange of money of course um that he wouldn't do it but he called us up to tell us and it's weird right it is it's so weird um sorry i just lost my train of thought there cuz it's something that is too personal that i'm sharing up here um and when i'm talking like as i'm telling you the stories it's coming into my mind that if i should be talking about it but regardless i have chosen to go ahead with this episode so i should be transparent and raw about all of my experiences um and that's completely fine but i think it's been 25 minutes that i've been sharing my stories and experiences and i know you all appreciate these kind of episodes a lot and I'll try to do them a lot more because of course as I said this is three generations of my family that have been experiencing these things so it's not going to be something that's very light or like just done with one or two episodes however I'm going to have a few of my friends come on to the podcast as well to talk about their experiences and their stories so stay tuned for that and I hope 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 you enjoyed this episode as much as I did while recording this so thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you in the next episode Thank you. Bye.